So, Matthew chapter 11, I want to begin in verse 28. Very familiar passage. And this message is for our young adults as well as everybody in here. But I'm targeting the young adults. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He says my burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to talk about how do I rise from the ruins of life? How do I rise from the ruins of life? of life. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for this moment. I ask for the forgiveness of my sins. Clear my mind and heart, Lord, and use me for your glory, Father. Touch the hearts of your people. Speak to us today, Lord. We need a word from you, God. Forgive us all of our sins. Clear our minds and hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. How Do I rise from the ruins of life? How do you bounce back from life's disappointments uh, when things just didn't don't turn out or didn't turn out uh, the way you planned? The pain, Um, some of us carry the pain uh, every day. Uh, The emotional baggage and feelings and the reality of what has happened can keep you down. Uh, You may look like you're doing well. Oh, I wish I had somebody. But in all actuality, your life is in the ruins. And I want to say to somebody here today, it doesn't matter um, what you look like now. Just remember, amen, there's a better picture ahead of you. Um, you may not look like what you're going through. and Maybe you say, I'm good. But those realities are really smokes and mirrors. And the key thing to healing is you got to be honest with yourself. You got to really be honest about who you are, what you've been through. And the thing about living, when I say ruins in life, I'm talking about the things that have been demolished. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about uh, uh, occupation. I'm talking about any area of your life that you attempted to do something and now it has been demolished and you're still living there. 
regret with regrets or living there, uh, trying to rebuild again. You can't rebuild in ruins. You have to relocate. Come on, somebody. You got to move from that place to the next place because oftentimes what we're trying to do is we're trying to rebuild on the wrong, on the wrong foundation. The reality is you're broken. The, re- the reality is you're disappointed, disappoint, disappointed. The reality is you're downright ready to explode. Do I have anybody? You never imagined that your life was going to turn out the way it did. Lonely, scared, afraid, confused. And can I help you with something? Relationships can really ruin you. Wrong relationships can ruin your life. Amen. And, and here's the thing. There, there's one relationship, though, that if you really focus on this relationship, you'll find out that God will never let you down. You'll find out that people are fickle. Maybe you already figured that out. Amen. Friends are few. The folk that say they're for you, not really for you. Come on, help me, somebody. Amen. When you became vulnerable, amen, they thought you were weak. And so as a result of that, what happens is, amen, you, you open up, you give your heart to someone or you even trust someone more than you would somebody else. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the ruins of life. I ask myself, why would I allow a person to pull me down? Come on, help me somebody. Why would I give them that much power over me? But I realized that we were created for relationships. So when you say, I don't want to be in no relationship. I don't want to fool with nobody. I want to just live in loneliness. Come on, help me somebody. I, I can do bad by myself. Isolation is not how you heal. Are you following me? And oftentimes what we do is we think that's the way. But that's not the way. Now, why am I saying all this? Jesus is on his way to the cross. But there's an interesting context here. The context of this passage is the one who was called his forerunner. That's John the Baptist. I call him JB. All right. JB is in a prison because of a bet. That somebody won. That's your language. I'm just putting it in your context right quick. You understand what I'm saying? So he's about to be beheaded. He's about to be gone. And uh, I, 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 I think about this all the time. Like, this is Jesus' cousin. John J.B. is actually Jesus' cousin. They family. But God ordained JB to be the forerunner, the one who will go before and start telling people about Jesus, which he called the Messiah, which he didn't know that his own cousin was going to be the savior of the world. Sometimes you sit next to greatness and you don't even know. You don't know who the next, you know, evangelist, y'all thought I was going to say millionaire, uh, the next, yeah, the next person to really level up. 
the next person who could really rise to the next, next level in life, right? You don't know who that person is. But can I tell you something? You never look down on where a person is and make a judgment on them and say they're not going to be nothing. Because your plan ain't really their plan. What God has for them, come on, help me somebody, is for them. And oftentimes, amen, what we do when we enter into relationships, we don't enter relationships with the right expectation. Are you with me? Here's here's what I'm saying. JB is in jail, and he had a moment that we all have. You ready? Check this out. He's like, hold on. Like, you're supposed to be the savior of the world. I've been telling everybody about you. Why has my life turned out like this? You ever been there? I'm going to church now. Now. (laughs) I'm reading my Bible every day. Why is this happening to me now? Why is all this stuff coming at me? Unrealistic expectations. Because what we expect from God, Lord have mercy. We expect that when we come to him that our life is just going to be just smooth like butter. Like everything is just going to be just, you know. But JB is sitting in the jail about to be beheaded. And this is what he says. Doubt sets in. And in Matthew 11 verse 3 He said to him, are you the expected one? Or shall we look for someone else? Can I ask you a question? What do you expect from Jesus? I'm saying like, what do you expect from him? What do you want him to do for you? Right? And, and, and John had a moment that we all have. Am I right or am I wrong? Jesus said about John the Baptist, look at Matthew 11, verse 11. <laughs> this is going to mess you up. Look at verse 11. What is he saying? Truly, I say to you, among those born of woman, women, there has not arisen what? Anyone who? Then who? I was supposed to say JB. Let's read it again. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, woman, women there, there has not arisen anyone greater than? All right, Charlie. Got a little excited there. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Haven't been out lately. (laughs) Corona. Pandemic. (laughs) So what's going on here? Like he's like doubting, right? Like, okay, when I'm in my situation, I doubt God. Because I believe I've been good. I mean, I haven't been out lately. I've been doing right. You know what I mean? I ain't smoking as much. 
I mean, you know, I ain't been drinking as much. You know what I mean? I, I've been laying off some stuff, you know. And he questions the relationship, but then Jesus goes on and testifies about him that there's no one greater who's been born to women other than JB. But he did say something, though, right after that. What did he say after that? After that, he says what? Yet, the one who is what? In the what? I thank God. Amen. That he takes the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. So let me, let me hope you for a minute. Let me help your self-esteem for a minute. Okay, you're thinking, man, I ain't getting nowhere in life. Man, every time I give to God, it seemed like, man, I'm broke. Every time I do this, it seemed like God says in his eyes, you are the greatest. See, not everybody caught that one. They didn't catch that one. He says, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than who? JB. So if God is saying, see, this is what I'm saying about unrealistic expectation. I got 24 minutes. Don't worry about it. Watch this. He says, you are greater just because you don't have what everybody else has, but you got your salvation. You're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you may be doing bad, but you ain't going to be doing bad very long. Because I do believe, though, when you really give it up to God, I'm talking about give it up all. There comes a moment when he changes your zip codes and he changes your bank account number. And he starts blessing you beyond what you can even imagine that you would ever have. That's what I believe because I've lived that life. Are you with me? And so think about it like this. The people who are popular in God's eyes, they're not great in the kingdom. See? Un, un what? Realistic what? Expectation. And so, and so, I come to the point now when I look at this scripture, I, I see Jesus is talking to them, and then he says, he comes on down here now to verse 28, and look what he says. He's in a prayer, actually, in verse 25 to verse 27, and look what he says next. He says, so how do we rise? All right, so I'm going to take the acronym RISE. I had more than one point for right for the R, so just bear with me, okay? So verse 21 says what? Come to me. Come to who? Let me ask you a question. Who do you go to when you're in trouble? Who's the first person you call? Don't tell me Jesus. Yeah. Come to me. My case, my kids be calling me. No, they call their mama first. Always, always mama first. <laughs> then me. 
Amen. So how do you rise? John, Matthew gives us the, the formula on how to rise from the ruins of life. Because John will die. JB will die. They'll cut his head off. Matter of fact, and serve it up on a platter. And you're like, is this the way of God? But see, when you understand God's plan, you won't argue with it. When you understand what you've been called to do, what you've been created to do, you're not going to always want life the way you want it, your way or no way. As a matter of fact, you don't belong to you. And so, and so how, do you, how do you actually rise when you, when you can't call mama? Mama can only give you limited help. Oh, I wish I had somebody. She can't heal your soul. You see, she, she can't give you some stuff that only God can give you. So what Jesus does, he says, listen, I'm about to die, but guess what? I want you to know you can come to me. Some of you, and I'm just, some of us, think that we got to follow a bunch of rules to come to him. Like, let me wait till I get it together (laughs) before I come to him. If that's the case, you don't need God because you're playing God. I hear people tell me all this, Pastor, when I get it together, I'll come to church. No, you'll never get it together because you don't got it together now. See, here's the thing. You need help. We need what? Help. So how do we rise? The first thing we got to do is respond to the call. For us to realize that we need someone, we have to realize that God has been calling you the moment that you were born. The circumstances you were born into was all part of the plan to bring you to him. And here's what I want to say to somebody here today is that you have to realize that God, Jesus says, you can come to me, but come to me just as you are. I'm going to say it one more time. Respond to the call. You can't change and then come to him. You got to come to him just as you are. Broken, battered, bruised, and confused, and all that kind of stuff, and say, okay, God, I'll respond to the call. Are you with me? Let me say this too, by the way. What happened to you was supposed to happen to you. Oh, let me, let me, let me, let me hold on a second. Wait a minute now. Now, you may want to play the victim, but you were involved somewhere in it. And God used it, Romans 8.28, to bring you to him. That sickness brought you to him. Come on, somebody. That brokenness brought you to him. Come on, somebody. That, that failed uh, business brought you to him. Come on. Amen. That failed relationship over and over and over and over and over and over again brought you to him. Listen. Respond, responding to the call is just the first step. 
Because I know a lot of people who've responded to the call, but they're not actively in the call. Lord have mercy. They're not involved. Here's the thing. You can't be around the church. Just being around the church doesn't save you. It doesn't make you stronger. It's getting involved. And what Jesus wants you to do is get involved in the call. He's calling you out of the ruins. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And when you rise, when you rise from there, it's because you've heard and you can respond to the call. Sometimes we're too low, either we're too high, where we can't hear or respond. But thanks be to God that he knows me better than myself. Come on. Listen, the things that you're going through, the things that you went through, you had to go through them. Accept it. And stop living in it. He's calling you out to respond. It has to be a choice. He says, come to me what? All. Ah, key word. Uh, zip codes, economic status, it doesn't matter. This is for everybody today. He says all who are what? Weary and what? All right. So you know I'm going to break it down, right? So the word for weary means to be fatigued. To be worn out. So let me just say that this message is not for everybody. Because some of you are at the top already, you know. You're living large. You understand what I'm saying? You've reached the pinnacle of your uh, sanctified journey. So if I ain't talking to you, just, you know, it's okay. Because you're there. You don't need this. But have you ever been weighed down before? Weary? Let me ask you something. Are you weary today? Watch this. Watch this. When he says weary and heavy laden, watch this now. The word heavy laden means to put freight on a ship. Okay? To the point where there's an overload. So the ship starts... Oh, I wish I had somebody today. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt worn out, worn down? I'm talking about the weight, the burden. Come on, somebody. Listen, the stuff that you're dealing with has caused you to start sinking. But let me tell you what Jesus was alluding to here. What Jesus was alluding to, and I'm going to help somebody with this. Watch this. Jesus was alluding to the fact that the Jews were putting so much rules on the people trying to live right that the burden of being a Christian had become so heavy that they started to sink and they could not live up. To whatever religious status that they were trying to put on them. I told the young people yesterday, I said, listen, Christianity ain't about rules, man. 
It's about relationship. Stop letting people put, well, you can't do this. You can't. We talked about all that last yesterday. You can't do this. You can't do that. Yes, you could do that. But you do it in moderation. You understand what I'm saying? You do it in moderation, but you don't let the weight of Christianity cause you to start sinking where you don't feel good enough to come to Jesus. There's two sides to this weight and heavy lading. In the Lord, it means that you're working for the Lord. And as a result of that, the wariness of doing, watch this, what he called you to do, but you see no rewards. Because people have put an expectation on you that's not realistic. Are you following me? So the next thing you got to do is this. You got to be honest with you. Let, let me tell you what you got to be honest about. You ready? You ready? Are you tired? You look good. I look real nice today, by the way. Can't see your smile because of the mask, but I know y'all look good. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Are you tired? Let me ask this other question. Are you emotionally exhausted? Are you in isolation? We only see you when we see you. And when we see you, we're not really seeing you. We're seeing the other person. Can I ask you a question? Who showed up to church today? Can I get the real, can the real Slim Shady show? I mean, can the real person? You know what he was talking about in that song? He was talking about his alter ego. See, I, I, I can do it on all levels. I can, I, can, I can come there, I can go up, down, I can go in between, I can get it all there. He was talking about his alter ego, and all of us have an alter ego. All of us show up differently at church. And what God wants when you come to church, he wants you to bring the right person here. Because the right person will get the help that they need. How long will we go to church and leave the same? I'm talking about we walk out here the same. We get back to the car. Right back to feeling hopeless. Right back to feeling like, man, what am I going to do tomorrow? Right back to feeling empty. Right back to having low expectations. He said, what you got to do is you got to be honest. The only way that you're going to heal, the only way you can come to Jesus is if you're honest. You know why there's so many unsaved people in church? Because they keep living in the past. But they're not coming for real. So when they give their life to Christ, it was just an emotional thing that they were going through at the moment. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, woo, woo, woo. I feel it. Let me say this. When you're honest with yourself as a Christian, let me tell you as a Christian, when you're healed, sleep is the last thing you want. Did you know that? Uh-oh, uh-oh. You know why? Because when you're saved and you have new lenses and you're seeing life 
the way God has shown it to you, you're like, man, I can't wait to get up tomorrow to go do what he wants me to do. We live in a sleepy society because people are broken and they, they're isolated and they're depressed and they're down and they're a bunch of pills and stuff like that. But don't let pride and shame cause you to reject the call of God. I'm serious. Why do you think Starbucks makes so much money? I think they got something in, in that Starbucks. I think it's not more than coffee. <laughs> because, I mean, think about it. Think about it for a minute, okay? Who would have ever thought in their wildest imagination, I, I understand inflation, but you would pay $6 for a cup of coffee. I don't know if you talked to a crackhead lately, but a, cra- <laughs> but a crackhead keeps going back to the crack house because this stuff, this stuff keeps him going. Like, give it to me. And for $10 highs, it's, it's a cheap high, but he keeps going back. And I'm like, what's the difference with going to Starbucks every day, standing in a long line? What's your name? I ain't knocking Starbucks. Don't sue me, but I'm just saying. There's something in there. Just like there's something in something that's costing you something that you're trying to use to medicate whatever situation, whatever feelings you may have, whatever emotional pain you may be suffering with. Are you with me? So you got you to gotta do what? You got to respond to the call. You got to what? You got to really be honest with yourself. But check this out. He says, come to me all who are what? Weary and heavy laden. And what did he say? He says, and I will give you. Huh. The next point. You have to recognize Jesus is the only one that can give you what you really need. What you really need. He says, I will give you what you've been looking for. All of us are looking for peace. All of us are looking. How many are tired? Oh, man. Israel was looking for the Messiah, but they missed him. He showed up, but they didn't even recognize him. You and I will never find rest in anything or anyone other than Jesus. The people's weariness here and their burdens was a consequence of their sins. And watch this. And and them going to wrong avenues trying to find rest but becoming more wearier. Becoming worse. Can you imagine that that you're trying to get better? You go to a place thinking you're going to get better and you're getting worse? Anybody ever been there? The woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she spent everything at the hands of the physician, psychologist and the physician. (laughs) 
Because I can imagine the emotional pain she went through, right? And also the psychological pain she went through. But check this out. But the text says she grew worse. And I believe a lot of times we're spending time and we're spending money and we're spending resources when all you had to do was just come to the one who will give you rest. He's the only one, y'all. Look, look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, now he says what? Take my yoke. Now, what does that mean? What is a yoke? Amen. A yoke was used to pull a load. In other words, you're yoked up to it. You're connected to it. The animal will be connected to the load, and they're the ones pulling the load. I'm going to say it one more time. They're pulling the load. Why did Jesus use this word? Why did he say, take my yoke? Here's what he's saying. Yoke up with me. Stop giving me lip service and give me your life. Can I have your life? Will you yoke up with me? Y'all know about yoking up. Y'all know about shagging up too. Uh Uh-oh. You know, we're trying this thing. Uh Uh-oh, some of you put your head down like, oops. Yoke up. But the word means, you ready? Submission and service. Here's how you know. Here's how you know that you're yoked up to him. You're doing something for him. You're not just giving to him, praise the Lord. But you're actually, watch this. The poorest people would use the yoke to pull their loads. It goes back to being the least. Jesus says today, and to you and I, I got three minutes. He says, I want a relationship with you. So, so the next thing we got to do is, is, well, I would say this, the I in rise, intimacy and instructions. When he says, take my yoke upon you and what? Learn from me. You see that? Do you see it? He says, take my yoke upon me, upon you and do what? So here's the thing. It's more than just you showing up. It's you coming to Bible study. That's where you learn. You, know, you learn a little bit on Sunday morning, but on Bible studies, when you really start getting it, how to live for him. Now, remember, he's the one that took your weariness. He's the one that took the weight off of you. Come on, somebody. He's the one that took the burdens out of your life. He's the one that transformed your heart. He's the one that made you a new creature. He's the one who cru- was crucified, died, and was buried for you and I. But he says, take my yoke, my yoke. Notice he says, don't take your yoke, take my yoke and learn from me. Look what he says next. He says, for I am what? Gentle and what? Humble in heart and you will find what? You will find what? 
goodness. Anybody need rest? Give me the next point. Lord, help me to surrender to you. Help me to stop fighting it, Lord. Help me to just really like surrender. I'm ready to surrender. Lord, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of carrying all this weight by myself. Listen, he's inviting you to offload on him and then take what he's offering. It comes with a responsibility because what he's offering you is what? He says, he says, watch what he says. He says, take my yoke. So it doesn't mean that you're, it's not a quick fix. It's not, oh, come to me and get what you want. No, come to me, exchange your load for mine. And remember this, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm humble. What did he say? I'm, I'm, I'm what? I'm, I'm, oh, see, when you've been damaged emotionally, it's strange when people love you. And they're showing you that they're kind. And, and, and you know what I mean? So like you reject them because you don't know what it looks like. But what Jesus says, take this on you. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And look what he says next. He says, my yoke is what? Now watch this now. It doesn't mean that the journey is easy. It just means that the yoke, the load that you're carrying now will be easier because the cause has changed. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Your purpose has changed. So you're no longer living for you. You're living for him. And when you're living for him, the cause has changed. Because you're carrying his load that you're yoked up to him now. Watch this. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word burden there, it doesn't mean burden like we think. All right? The burden that he's talking about It's your responsibility to be light to the world. The burden of carrying the last name Christian. The burden of being an example to a dying world. The burden about sharing your faith with someone and saying, listen, I was heavy and laden like you. But guess what I did? I came to Jesus. Can I help somebody with something? When you serve Jesus, it's not a burden. If what you do for the Lord is burdensome, then you're not yoked up to him. To serve him is not a burden. Those who walk in the Lord's strength don't complain. For they have learned from Jesus. But those who seek to produce for God by their own efforts will encounter frustration, disappointment. Come on, somebody. And they will be definitely disappointed. So not only did you surrender, but what's the last thing? I don't even know what the last thing is. 
Why do you want to let go of all your pain? Why do you want to exchange your burden for his? You know what I love about Jesus? He says the relationship comes with responsibility. When a person truly understands that oxygen is a gift, they wouldn't smoke. When a person comprehends that good health is a gift, they won't do drugs. When a, when a Christian understands that grace is a gift from God, they will make the choices, amen, that is consistent with their understanding of what grace really is. If a Christian loses sight of grace, they have become irresponsible with the life given to them by God. And let me say this. I said this last week. When you abuse grace, you end up in a bad place. But can I tell you this today as I close and I'm done? You can rise from the ruins of life. You can. And I can offer you a whole lot of different things. I can offer you all this and all that. But the only way to rise, you have to give your burdens to Christ. And so today, um, as we close today, I want I want to say this to somebody here today. You're not here by accident. You may have thought, well, I came, I came, I came, I came. They told me to come, here I am. But let me ask you a question. Honestly, let's just, let's just, just do this for a second. Are you going to leave the same? You came to the place Will you answer the call? Will you respond to what Jesus is saying to you? I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about what I'm saying. Are you weary? Are you burdened?